You are listening to the Zookeeper Stories Podcast with your host, Matthew Price. The goals of this show are to share the stories of animal care professionals around the world, give advice on how to get to the field, and share information that will help out new zookeepers. One of the most common questions people in our field are asked is, how did you get your job? I hope to shed some light on that question and many more by investigating the origin stories of the people on the front lines of the animal care world, the zookeepers. Welcome back to another episode of the Zookeeper Stories podcast. I am your host, Matt Price. This week, I have a very exciting guest, Mr. Jordan Veasley at JungleJordan23 on Twitter. You can also follow his YouTube page uh, by searching for Jungle Jordan there as well. How are you doing today, Jordan? I'm pretty good. Thank you for having me, Matt. Absolutely. So uh, let's just get right into it. Uh, the reason why I came became aware of you was uh, a video that got forwarded onto my Twitter timeline uh, titled Black Zookeeper. And it kind of kind of struck a tour chord with me because I do think this is an important topic to talk about, especially in today's political climate and everything going on. And, you know, I've only it's true what you said in that video. We'll get into the content of the video in a second here. But, you know, a lot of it is about how there aren't really black zookeepers. And it's it's true. I've worked with maybe half a dozen in 18 years. And um, I always wondered why that was. Uh, you know, maybe you can shed a little bit of light on that. I have my own thoughts as well. But let's just get into that video and, and just, you know, give a little bit of maybe a preview of it. And people should obviously go check it out themselves on your YouTube page. But what kind of like prompted that response and, and what's the content of that video? So that video of mine has been an idea uh, just 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 floating in my head for quite a long time. Uh, just because I was thinking about it, you know, I never see anybody that looks like me, you know, and then growing up. You know, whenever I would tell people what I wanted to do with my life, you know, they would be like, oh, are you sure you want to do that? Like, why do you want to do that? You know, and it's just because people didn't weren't familiar with people like me, you know, in that field. <clears throat> and so. Like, uh, like I said, it was just an idea and I was a little worried about actually filming it and posting it because I didn't want to like offend anybody or, you know, you know, my mom especially is not a big fan of when I talk about racial topics because she does, you know, it's it's a very sensitive subject. Yeah, but it has to be talked about. And there was a certain incident that uh, occurred while I was at work um, that basically pushed that forward and made me bring it apart, bring it up. Um, I don't know if you want me to talk about that right now. <laughs> yeah, if you want to, or you can just tease it and make make people go listen to it up to you. <laughs> well, so I'll, I'll give you like just a brief summary if I can. Sure. Yeah, uh, it was involving a volunteer at uh, at the zoo and uh, basically they somewhat undermined it was were undermining the fact that i was a zookeeper they didn't realize that i was a zookeeper and they were doing something they shouldn't be doing at the zoo uh towards one of my animals that i was working with and uh they just assumed that i was just like a janitor and just didn't really have any say uh, about what happens with my animals so and that basically you know if you want to hear the full story, go yeah, go <laughs> watch the video. But so that was a, uh, it definitely pushed me over the edge and caused me to have a breakdown. No, that's that's unfortunate. You would think that you know to, to you know I, I would feel like most people these days are are woke or whatever, right? Like they yeah. they understand that there's no racial lines across jobs or whatever. You're going to see every race and every possible type of job. Um, so yeah, like hearing that must have been completely frustrating. I, I obviously have no real way to uh, 
uh, to like really connect with you on that because have be, being a, being a white male in a white dominated <laughs> industry, you know. Uh, right, right, right. But, but it is. I, I mean, I can't even imagine what that must have felt like because you worked hard to get where you are, and and yeah. to have somebody talk to you like that, especially you know a volunteer like that, must have been you know really mm-hmm. frustrating for you. Especially at the zoo, since this this zoo is a very this zoo is very near and dear to my heart. I've grown up in this in this zoo, you know, and you actually had a guest on here before who was a good friend of mine. Uh, Russell mm-hmm. and uh, we pretty much went through the similar steps uh, but he's there was a middle part there where he stayed like maybe two or two or three years well whereas I left and went to school while he stayed throughout there um, but anyways um, so like this the zoo was so close to my heart and I feel as though almost everybody there kind of knows who I am now which is nice because they've seen me uh, since I was a kid and you know kind of stayed around that's why a lot of the keepers and their employees just call me like they call me the baby because they've known me since I was 11 years old. And, you know, this isn't the first time this has happened to me as far as like, uh, being, you know, so someone questioning that I work with animals there, like people always just assume. And I know, like I mentioned in my video, like a lot of the zookeepers there, you know, get pointed out for maybe, Oh, Hey, they might work. They might, they might be a janitor, but it happens way too often to me. And, yeah. uh, you know, I've been in exhibits, where people say, hey, you know, keepers here. Oh, hey, look at that, the funny animal. You know, but I hear I hear that a lot. And one time I heard, oh, look at that funny monkey. Like somebody said that. Oh, about my the that yeah, the monkey term is not really, uh, you know, it's not really. I, I hope, uh, well, I guess I should say, I hope that you were in actually in a primate exhibit, but I'm guessing. No, I, I mean, even still. I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. I kind of get what they were saying, but no, that it wasn't, it wasn't <sighs> cool. I was, uh, I think it was in the porcupine exhibit. So clearly, no. And not only not only disappointing for the zoo volunteers and zoo guests, but, you know, you live in a pretty liberal area. So right. like that makes me a little bit disappointed in that whole town, town a little bit. You know, I mean, obviously you get tourists and visitors and stuff like that. Yeah, but. You know, I think it was I, I, I would guess they were visitors. But, you know, there are some people out here that are still, you know, a little close minded. But like you said, Seattle is a very liberal place and we have a lot of accepting people and and most of the people that i talk to employees volunteers whoever interns they all are super accepting and, and love they love the diversity and just you know i feel like the zoo needs more of that yeah for sure um so let's talk a little bit about uh i guess my question is why do you think that there are so few black zookeepers or, or, or zookeepers of color, I guess. Um, is it, is, is it, is it really like, a? I mean, it probably is some sort of some kind of racist undertones, I'm sure. But is there any other like kind of reasons why you think that maybe, um, African-Americans in general aren't necessarily interested in that kind of field? Uh, you know, it's funny, uh, growing up, a lot of people would say, Oh, why do you want to do that? You know, to me, and they say it wouldn't make you that much money, that kind of stuff. But then now they see me doing it and living it. All those same people that said, "Oh, I probably shouldn't do it," are all like super ecstatic about me doing it, and they're like, "Oh man!" I, they all and they all say this. I've always loved animals, and I've always wanted to do something like that. They all say this, but they just didn't. It was for like lack of exposure and and just the lack of knowledge to be able to do something like that. Like they didn't know they could do something like that. They didn't know they could work with animals. They didn't probably, you know, they didn't think that it was something that you know, we as people of color do or could do. That was because they, they don't see us. They, they don't see, which is why I make videos, because I want people to see that people like them 
are doing this kind of stuff. No, absolutely, because I think that's a big part of it. Um, just and again, this is from just from personal experience. Um, so what what I've seen with younger kids. One of my first jobs before I really got into, or actually, I think I, I think I did it concurrently with being part time at uh, the San Francisco Zoo. Uh, I worked for a program called Tree Frog Treks in in San Francisco, and we brought animals to uh, after school programs and things like that. And a lot of times we would go to more urban areas and like to see the the see the, the, the look on the kids' faces when we brought out a giant snake or something, you know, and these, these little black kids were like, we live in the city. We don't see this stuff. Like we don't get any exposure to this stuff. We live in an urban environment. Like, uh, and and then just another thing to to go off of, I was a teacher for about a year and a half. Um, and and I really hope this is, this is going to be kind of a a fine line. So tell me if I cross the line here, but I feel like this is a stereo, this is a stereotype, whether it's true or not. I don't have, I don't know, but I was, I was a teacher for about a year and a half and I taught a lot. I taught in a more of an urban school, a lot of black kids. and one 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 day I, I taught a zoology class, and one of like the bellwork questions one day was, uh, uh, if you had if you absolutely had to have one kind of animal go extinct, what would it be? And mm-hmm. I will shit you not, I, I heard like half of the class say dogs, and I was sh- floored by that. I was like, are, do 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 urban kids like because that's that's one of the animals they they would have exposure to, right? Is dogs, and is that something like are, are kids really afraid of dogs? And if that's so, if they're afraid of dogs, then of course they're. Uh, maybe not necessarily interested or, or even afraid of working with animals like w- with larger, more exotic animals, you know? So, uh, I, yeah, I, I feel like it goes down to media when it comes to like, yeah, just in what what is like portrayed in, in movies and things like that. Like uh, like for when you're in the city and you're like and you're watching, let's say there's a movie about something happening in the city and like there's an animal that's like attacking people. What What animal is it usually? Yeah, it's a dog, man. Probably a dog. So I think that's honestly like they're they just they just have this fear that they're gonna get bit. If they didn't grow up with dogs, yeah, they will probably have that fear all the way through life. Like oh, I'm scared. Like I've had I had a lot of friends growing up scared of dogs. Like oh no, he might bite me. But dogs, no dog is born bad. <laughs> it's just the owners that turn them yeah, bad. Exactly. And so you know, like all these dogs want to be happy, and but I just feel like that is. You know, slightly a stereotype because you know it depends. But once again, it depends on where you live. Yeah, I know people down in like uh, in like Florida and things where where the rules are different. Their, their animal laws are different. Like people own all these like exotic species, like and a bunch of snakes. People own snakes down south. Like it's a second nature. Like like every other house has a snake. You know, people up here they don't want snakes. They want to be near snakes. I love snakes, but you know, my mom, my mom, for instance, growing up would let me have a snake because she was worried about it getting loose. And like attacking somebody, but yeah, the snake thing is tough. I wonder if a lot of it is is a little bit uh, falls back on religion a little bit. My mom, obviously not black, okay. she is terrified of snakes. She uh, she she won't do anything with them. She has no reason why, really, that she will communicate to me. She's just I'm terrified of them. I don't want anything to do with them. You know, mm-hmm. so um, that that I mean that's proof right there that it's not necessarily or, or that it is probably a stereotype and not necessarily uh, uh, just a black thing. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, anything else to say on this subject before we tell your story? Because that's really why we're here today. I just felt like we had to talk about this conversation because it is important. And and uh, if you have any th- other thoughts on it, please uh, feel free to get them out now. Well, I, you know, as far as uh, as far as like the reason why I made the video and, and everything. So I want to get, you know, like I said, I want to get that exposure out to, to, to people, you know, not just not just black kids, but, you know, people of color, just different you know, culture, back, uh, cultural backgrounds and things like that, you know, because I want them to see that it's okay that they can do, you know, this, you know, join this world of, of animal care or just wildlife, 
you know, research, all that stuff, you know, because they they love the they love to see me doing it. Like when I see kids walking around the zoo and they see me and I'm really talkative to 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 the to the visitors and I see the groups of kids and they love like they go, You work with you work with animals? Like they get so excited to see that and like they to see somebody like them, you know, because like I uh, like I think I mentioned in the video, like I'm you don't see six four black guys walking around the <laughs> zoo, you know, like like oh I think that so I don't blame people in a sense for for not understanding me as a zookeeper. I don't I get what well, I get it because they don't see it. But yeah, but you it. have the uniform on, right? So I want to make me be the norm. I, I want to make I, there shouldn't be there shouldn't be one look of what a zookeeper is. You know, sh- I want to be more universal and anyway. Yeah. But absolutely, man. I'm uh, sure there's more I can say, but I can't even. I can't, <laughs> I can't think it's about such it. Right a huge, it's such a huge topic, there's man. So much. And I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll go in and out of it as okay. we're as we're going through okay. through your story. So no, it feels it's it's all good. Um, but yeah, that's uh, it's just. I, I think you, if you, I saw you in one of your recent videos you posted for that uh, basically that new David Attenborough job oh. for BBC. <laughs> uh, I actually thought about doing one, but I did it. And after I saw yours, there's no way I'm doing it because it was so awesome. And, and like, well, if you were you. able to get an opportunity like that, man, like I, mm-hmm. that would be so awesome for, for yeah, all of the reasons amazing. you're talking about, obviously for yourself too, but for all of the reasons like we've, we've just been talking about. That would be amazing. That, that BBC thing, I, I just was watching all the videos and stuff that people are posting. I'm like, they are really impressive. Like yeah. the other videos, like mine, I felt like mine was all right, but like, I was like, "Ooh, there's some, there's some competition there." So. They they probably have access to like uh, I don't know. I, I've seen those things go to to people before that like have, you know, like extreme access to like any kind of animal they want. That kind which of is thing. not so. You know, that's why with like my channel, I don't have that access. You know, yeah. I don't have the animals like with me right in my hand. Where people people love that though. Yeah. Well, like yeah. you were saying, like in Florida, you know, you can own whatever you want. So totally side topic, but I've, yeah. I've, I've, there's a there's a pet store in Vegas off Flamingo. Uh, I think it's like USA Pets or something like that. You go in there, you can buy anything. I've seen Kinkajus in there. I've seen Kawadi in there. I've seen Gibbons. It's it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that is, that's uh, insane. Like their, their laws must be really, really, really yeah, like, like I, lax. Yeah, I think Nevada might be on par with Florida, if not oh, man. anymore. Um, but anyway, man, let's talk about what you're doing right now. What are you working with right now? Okay, well, I am a temp keeper, quote unquote temp keeper at uh, Willow Park Zoo. Um, so I basically just like in relief and I fill in uh, multiple different areas. I used to work at Northwest Trek and I've worked at a couple other places. Um, but uh, I've worked with a couple people that actually have been on your on your podcast so that's pretty funny <laughs> there's about um, five more keepers there i want to have on the show too so feel free to put that in there i'll put the word out <laughs> i'll put the word out uh but basically right now I, I work a lot pretty heavily on my uh i'm trying to step my social media game up um because me personally like all growing up i was never really i always had social media you know but i just never really cared to use it as much like instagram i'm trying to increase my uh just a certain uh the certain target audience i'm trying to reach can see me because they're definitely on instagram right now i feel like facebook is dying for that crowd um youtube youtube is in a weird spot right now but i do have a youtube channel jungle jordan and i do a lot of animal videos 
just to, you know, just just because I love I love educating people, and I feel like you know I I want to try to make it in a, in a way that's that's different. You know, not not just someone talking to you through a camera. You know, just, but have it be fun. You know, and educational at the same time, so people can think, oh, this guy is cool. I want to learn more. You know, and and uh, I want to go out and do that. I want to go out and save save rhinos, that kind of stuff. You know, and uh, I've actually been working um, with Woodland Park Zoo on doing some videos with them. Uh, it's going to be possibly happening in the future. I had a couple meetings, and it's uh, they got to work out some uh, logistics and uh, HR stuff, but they're trying to figure it out. <laughs> that's that's really awesome, man. I, I mean, I, that I tell people these days that. I mean, you're you're a little bit younger in your career. How old are you, Jordan? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. So, and you've been you, you're your temp now, and you've been in the suit, but um, you're relatively young in the career, right? Right. Well, so, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I, I'm just, I'm just, I just asked that because, because me at 18, 18 years in now, like, don't get me wrong, I still love doing the animal stuff. Otherwise, I wouldn't be in the job anymore. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. the more and more you do it, the more and more it it fades to the background a little bit. And the things that become more have become more important to me is really, truly like communicating that passion to kids and yeah. be able to connecting kids with wildlife. Because I truly feel like that's how we are going to not only exist as a zoo industry, but also uh, really change, change the world, really change the world's thoughts on, on how we do this is connect those kids because people don't care about things they can't see, touch or interact with, you know, and right. and, and, and if anything that. If we if we can't like write on, you know, have this kid come up and feed a fox or whatever, we can at least bring that experience to them and have like a direct connection to them and tell those stories to those kids. So uh, yeah. that's really awesome. And, and, and to be able to use Instagram like that is is going to be really powerful because I agree. I think Facebook is dying for for the younger generation. And yeah. I love Instagram. I don't use it nearly as much as I should, but I love it because it's just pictures. You know, I just get right. to look at pictures or videos. I don't got to worry about all the political commentary or all right. the other nonsense on Facebook or anything like that. Yeah. So I think that. That's really awesome. Um, but in terms of, so let's go back to the zoo a little bit. So in terms of like the animals species you're working with right now, I know people want to hear about that. Uh, mm -hmm. I actually, when I was at Woodland Park Zoo for about two years, I was also uh, 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 the temporary status as they call it there. Um, and I worked with a lot of different stuff there from the ape building to the rainforest building and spent most of my time on East Savannah area. Um, but what kind of stuff are you, are you working with there? Um, so <clears throat> when I got hired, uh, when I got hired, I first was working with the Northern Trail area. So, uh, so wolves, uh, bears, uh, what else? Grizzly. Gri yeah, sorry, grizzly, otters. I'm a big guy. I'm a big otter fan. I love, I love river yeah. otters, uh, snow leopards, uh, elk, and then that area. So I was, uh, I like to work with big cats, um, but I had a love for uh, small mammals when I was working at Northwest Trek, and that's kind of what brought on my love for otters. Um, and then uh, currently I'm working with Savannah and I uh, work with the hippos, hippos, nice. zebra, giraffe, uh, ostrich, this is a very special ostrich. Um, <laughs> they all are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the guinea fowl. I love the guinea fowl. Oh, yeah. Uh, the patis. It's a, it's a load of stuff. I've worked with a lot of stuff here. Um, you know, like I said, since they've been kind of throwing me into like every unit, I think because I get along with everyone so so well, 
Like, I mean, that's an underrated part of being a zookeeper is to be able to get along with your team because it is a very team oriented job. You know, there are obviously times where you go off on your own and do your own string or whatever, but right. you got to come together and, 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 and as a team and that's important. So to be able to have somebody that, that everybody likes and is good for morale. I mean, that's like, that's, that's uh, honestly in a lot of interviews that, that I've seen happen. Like, I kind of think that that's a lot of the reason why people get hired because mm -hmm. uh, it's, because it's so important. So that's, that's awesome that you're able to take advantage of that. Um, is there anything like what, what would be your, what's your dream scenario right now? If you, if you had one to, of, of, a, of an animal or an area, I guess that you would want to work. Like, what, what's your, yeah. Like what's your end goal as like, maybe not if you want to go into management or whatever, but as a zookeeper at that, at, at that role, like what's kind of like your dream, dream role there? Well, you know, I have been thinking about this. Um, I don't have an, an, an official answer. I have ideas. <laughs> It's hard. Um, I, I still don't either. So don't, you worry. know, my ideas are, I don't really see myself like in management at a zoo or anything like that. I believe it or not. I see myself in, in like almost like a marketing role. Like if I could, I would be, I would really want to work with the ambassador animal team just because they get to, you know, go do the, you know, take, take the animals to people and, and, you know, offsite and things like that. And I like the education aspect of that. And, you know, I don't know how much longer I'll be a zookeeper for. I, I really like it, but I I really love showing off my animals. So so if some if, let's say tomorrow Woodland Park Zoo offers you a full time position, are you, are you taking that? I assume yes, right? Yeah, for yeah, yeah currently, at least for like, now. Yeah. My, so my I, I would say my three to five year plan uh, become a full time keeper. Even though I do work a lot of hours at the zoo because. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty much open for them. Like I, I let they have me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Park Zoo has until you me. have no more hours, they got you. So they got right. <laughs> so uh, and then um, I would I would love to work with the big cats. I, I mean, I, I've always loved tigers. I uh, I've interned with tigers, uh, clouded leopards. Um, worked worked with cougars, lynx. Um, lynx aren't really big cats but you know yeah. yeah 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 yeah. but uh i i i really would like to work with the big cats um that's awesome um so so let's let's take a step back let's go way back to the beginning um yeah. and we talked about how uh you know black kids often don't have the exposure to animals and if, if even if they do they may not know that that is something they could potentially pursue as a career so like early on was there a particular uh i don't know someone in your life that 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 that, that kind of if not fostered, encouraged your your interest in animals. Like, what was it at the beginning that kind of like said, "Hey, animals are cool," and 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 if and maybe at that point you didn't know that you wanted to work with them, but you were super interested in them and, and wanted to learn more about them. How did that early part of your life go? Well, to be honest, ever since I was a kid, I've always loved you know like animals. I was huge into watching birds with little my little kid binoculars out in my backyard because <laughs> we had uh, we had a pair of uh, bald eagles nesting or excuse me. Uh, breeding pair that would come and fly every year or and, and be like right behind our house and I would watch them and the babies grow up every year and fly off and it was really cool to watch and I would look for little bugs in my backyard and um we had a bunch of stellar's jays just different birds I just I, I'm not a bird guy yeah but people you know it's funny because bird keepers actually would say opposite because I like bird watching and that makes me a bird person <laughs> <laughs> watching birds um but I was really into that. Watching man. bird is way different than keeping birds. Like right. I love it my really is, but you tell but it, say say okay, raptor keepers. That's not what they say. 
If you watch no. Purpose, you are a bird keeper. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I like no. That's that's where I was going. Was like I love raptors, but like working actual bird exhibits. Like no offense to the tropical rainforest building, I love all those keepers in there. But Great the people. second you tell me that part of my job is scrubbing leaves, like I'm Oof. out, <laughs> or or cutting fruit for four hours, I'm out. I'm sorry. I, I love you guys. I've had it's to not do that. for me. I've had to do that. It's it's, it's a pretty time consuming job, and it takes a lot of dedication. And <laughs> no, that's not a quarter inch dice. You need to do an eighth inch dice on that. <laughs> So precise, I mean? <laughs> so precise. But uh, so you know, and then one of my big influences was uh, reading zoo books. My mom uh, got me zoo books, little magazine subscriptions, yeah. and uh, I would just watch shows. And then I think watching, I think watching Steve Irwin, Steve Irwin uh, at growing up. Steve Irwin, what are the brothers? The Krat brothers, yeah. uh, Jeff Corwin. Jack Hanna from time to time. He, he was, was a little too old for he us. Was a little bit, yeah, he was like, <laughs> well, <laughs> not so much him, but yeah, yeah, I think my mom actually got us started. This is before this is before the, the teen program at the zoo started. I was 11 years old and my mom asked me, would you, like, she wanted to figure out how I can get involved with the zoo because I love going there. Mom and me at the zoo, that, that, that whole mom, the Mother's Day thing, mm-hmm. that was like a big connection that me and her had. Awesome. And I think that also helped me with Woodland Park Zoo. That kind of like sold me there. And so anyways, when I turned 11, she found a way and uh, communicated with some people in the volunteer department to see if they would let an 11-year-old boy become a volunteer. And uh, there were some things. There had to be some chaperones basically with me, kind of like, <laughs> you know, to make sure I wanted to do it. And uh, they, they said yes. And they basically were with me the whole like the whole year and a half, two years that I did it. Um, so what kind of stuff did you do then? As I was at the family farm. Uh, okay. So I worked, uh, I would uh, help them uh, just monitor the kids in there in the goats area. And, yeah, yeah. And the goats. And actually we, that was when we got the new sheep in there, Mocha and Latte. I remember their names. <laughs> and I would walk them on the leash. I actually have a picture somewhere around here of me walking <laughs> the goat, the, walking the sheep. And then um, I got trained what on rabbit handling. <laughs> that was like a you know like I learned from an early age how yeah. to handle animals and the training it was pretty interesting. Uh, but then Zucor started, and that's when that's actually when I met Russell, nice. Russell and all those guys, and uh, that was a uh, basically from there it was I just stayed at the is zoo. This, is this like high school age now? Are we talking about for Zucor? Uh, sorry, Zucor was fourteen. Yeah, so okay. high school, early high yeah. school, thirteen, fourteen. I was yeah, that was high school age. So that was like freshman year or so. Yep. And I stayed all the way up until like maybe 17 and then I graduated. And then that's when I figured out, like, you know, figured I wanted to, you know, I, I went to school, UW, I had a full ride scholarship. Um, and uh, I, that was like the couple of years that I was gone from the zoo. So I was figuring out college life and trying to play basketball and things like that. But yeah. basketball wasn't the reason why I got into UW. That was sure, sure. something I wanted to prove to myself that I could play, you know, and, you know, I tried out and, I was working out with a couple of the team, a couple of the guys and, you know, training and stuff like that. And it was fun, uh, but it, my grades started getting low. And so I, uh, I quit the team and then, uh, oh, good for you, man. Look at you yeah. being responsible. Well, well, before I quit the team, I met my girlfriend <laughs> who is now my wife. So, so you, not only did you have uh, basketball taking your time from grades, you had, had the girl too. I understand. I, I met her. Well, she, she actually helped me with that decision because she was like, Jordan, your grades are falling. 
you should uh, probably not do this anymore. Like, yeah, yeah but at like, least that right. scholarship, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, you're right. So she was always right. So yeah, they, they, they mostly are, even though we don't want to admit it. You know? We don't want them to be, but they are. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's a good reason to to take a break from the zoo, though, man, uh, to go to Utah. What, 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 what was your degree in? Uh, wildlife conservation. It was uh, under environmental science, resource management. So, so going through uh, going through college, your focus was still whether or not it was to be a zookeeper or not. It was to be do something with in the animal realm, right? Oh no! I, oh, okay. believe, no, believe it or not, I actually always knew. Like I, I always knew I wanted to be a zookeeper. Okay, that's that awesome. was a goal that I had even from eleven years old. I said, "Hey, I'm being a zookeeper." That's when that's when it comes into into play when all my friends and family were like, oh, are you sure? Except my mom. Mom was the only one that actually was like supporting the fact that I wanted to do that with animals. Um, but a lot of people like my grandmother, for some reason, was kind of a, kind of a cynic. She, she was <laughs> a little, little grumpy. That's not lady. a real job. You better go get a real job. Yeah, basically. Yeah, basically, she right. was telling me, oh, are you sure? You, oh, she was, she was positive. Like, she, but she would always hit me with that jab first. Yeah. Like, are you sure you want to do that? Right. Why? Don't you want to be like an accountant or something? They go, no, I want to work with animals. Goes, I can't handle it in an office. You kidding me? No, no, no. Like I talked to my wife about this. I could, I could not be an office person. I love being outside and I love yes. the weather. Except Seattle, sometimes it gets a little odd. <laughs> Did you grow up there, by the way? Oh, this, born and raised. Raised, nice. Yeah. See, I, I actually, I mean, I, I'm, I'm the opposite of a San Diego, most San Diegans. Like every, the days when we have overcast days, it makes me think of Seattle, and I love working outside on those overcast, those kind of misty days. I miss it, man. Well, I like uh, those days. Those days are fun. The snow days are tough. I hate snow. Man, I the <laughs> I was there. I was there. It was it was t- either winter of two thousand eight or first part of two thousand nine. When you may remember when that city, yeah, the city just shut down. I, yeah, and I, I was working. I was working temp then, and I couldn't even get to work. Like I was scheduled like three days in a row at rain oh, or no. something. I had to borrow like a, a, a buddy's uh, four wheel drive car just to get there. Because what, what you guys might not know is that Seattle doesn't often get a ton of snow there. So I don't know if this is still true, but at that time I was told that they only really own like one or two snow plows because they just don't need them. Yeah, we so, don't have a snow budget we yeah. don't have well, the city just, it just shuts down it's crazy like people are sledding <laughs> down like main down downtown you know like yeah, nobody like, get to work the school shut down work shuts down everything does like so. if you've ever seen like videos on on like facebook or anything of like uh the buses like sliding down the hills oh yeah that's in seattle <laughs> there's uh i remember that winter we were watching videos of them driving up i can't remember the name of the road but there's that road that goes up the hill towards the zoo uh and it's there's a little bit of a steep hill and yeah, like people uh, sitting out front of there like showing videos of everybody trying to drive up the i think that's 50th or 50th. yeah that, that sounds right yeah 50th yeah. um so but they, we actually did have a snow day uh this past year uh and Oh, it was on Christmas. So on Christmas Day, I was at work and uh, it was snow was everywhere. And this was like the first time in a while that the zoo actually is closed on Christmas. I think the last two years or so they started closing, but before okay. they they would actually stayed open on Christmas Day. But I think it's yeah for the first time in like I don't know six years or something. Anyways, yeah, it, uh, it snowed and we were all there and we, like everybody was having fun and like. Uh, snowball fights and things <laughs> honestly some of the worst days that you should be at work like you like it's just going to be miserable or oftentimes some of the most fun because it's a bonding experience man yeah. you're all in this crap together you're all got to get everybody clean and fed it's, it's a normal day just because the city shut down doesn't mean the zoo has the zoo can shut down right. you know everybody still needs to be 
easy to eat and get and uh, clean and everything. So you, yeah, you I can go light on cleaning though, because you know the exhibit, the exhibit it's all buried. <laughs> Just the next day, once that stuff melts, that's Ooh. the bad day, right? Yeah, that's, yes. the, that's the rough day. That's the day I'm off. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you uh, plan that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so when, when, when did you graduate from UW? So you were at, you, you went from UW to be an attendant after that, was that your first job out of college? Uh, no. So actually I was, I was an attendant during college. During college. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think I was, I think, I think I must've started there like at, right after you left, I think. It must've been. Cause I was, I was out. I started here April, 2010. And I think my last day there was like March or something. Yeah. Cause I think I joined that summer. Um, okay. And, and and that was when because Russell was there already. Yep, yep. We, we we talked a lot, man. Russell is so awesome. I I, he's, I, cool I he's one guy I wish I still worked with for sure. He's a cool guy, like a really positive dude. And and, and now he's he, back up there. He's back up there at Point, Point Defiance. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He, uh, visited us. He he apparently he drives down every now and then to come to Seattle and walks around. But <laughs> I'm never there when he's there. But uh, so anyways, I graduated 2012. Um, I stayed a fifth year because the believe it or not, I uh, when I first started college. I wanted my major to be zoology, but uh, I was told that that was not offered as a major. Uh, so I was like, um, <laughs> like, this is like been what I've had my mind on. What do I do? And well, I like computers. So let me just go ahead and sign up for computer science. That was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, that was fun. That was, uh, I was, I was, I was fine with the, with the main classes until, until I got into programming, dude, I feel like I feel like we are the same person because I <laughs> I went to Berkeley and I went there because I only got accepted to two schools and Berkeley was by far the best one, uh, and I was actually shocked I got in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got there and I was really good at chemistry in high school. I love chem- I mean I loved animals too. I was the whole you know throughout high school I was all about animals and, and stuff too. Mm-hmm. But I was really good at chemistry. I was like, oh, let me try out chemical engineering. That's sure I can totally do that. And then the only reason why was because there wasn't a zoology major there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I did fine the first year or two, and then like I was over. <laughs> I was like, no <laughs> way, no way, no how. I cannot do this. I cannot do all the things in my life and and do this at the same time. So yeah, I went into to be an environmental studies major, and and mostly because that's most really where the class transferred. I wanted to do, go to biology or something, but this was kind of like a similar major, and just mm-hmm. the classes lined up that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's so funny. <laughs> that well, you, you know, yeah. Like, at the time, I mean, at the time, my my advisors, you know, my. When college advisors aren't really, you know, helpful because <laughs> they didn't, they didn't, once again, they didn't really have many people coming in there talking about animals. Like they don't, I mean, unless they wanted to be a vet. Right. And that was never on my mind. Right. And never, people would ask me that. They would go, hey, Jordan, you could be a vet at least, make more money. I'm like, no, no, I couldn't, I, I don't really care to see animals sick every day. You know, that's, oh, that's, no, it's, that's rough. No, I'm with you, man. Every I, I, I have the same feelings, the same thoughts, and everything. So, but I, I don't want to knock being a vet because that's oh, no. stuff. I'm no. so happy we have good vets. You're kidding me. Seriously, I, just, Seriously. I, I actually did go back and and try to uh, apply to vet school, and that's when I. I was, this is maybe, I don't know, three to five years ago, something like that. And I found out that your undergraduate classes they expire. Did you know that? Because I, I went into that, and they said. You, you, your, your classes, uh, you've been out of uh, you, your bachelor's is more than 10 years ago. So you're gonna have to take Chem 101, really? 101, all this bullshit again. And I was like, there's no way I'm not going through, I'm not gonna they, use redo two years of my life to get into this program. So are you serious? Like, I, I don't know I, if I that's, that's, that's the way for everybody, but that's what I was told by uh, UC Davis and um, 
I can't remember the other one I applied to. I think it was Merced or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but Davis was obviously the one I wanted to go to. Uh, and they were like, no, you can't even apply. <laughs> You're that's, not even allowed to like submit an application. So that's crazy. I don't, I don't really respect that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, you're right though. I mean, I never really want, but I don't know. I, I'm a, I'm the type of guy who I kind of get bored with if I'm doing the same thing over and over again, you know, that's why I've, I've, for the most of my career, I've been a generalist. I haven't really focused on one species or anything. Now later right. in my career, I've been bears is bears is kind of my thing. Now, uh, early bears, on, are like, yeah. <laughs> bears are pretty cool. I, you know, they're amazing. Yeah. Uh, but, but I was going to go, the reason why I applied to vet school, I was just getting bored as a keeper, honestly. Like I've, yeah. I've done so many things, like I want to try something new, but they, it wasn't in the cards. Um, anyway, so, uh, a exhibit attendant yeah. in college and then after college, what happened then? So after college I did, uh, that summer was insane. I remember that summer. Actually, that was a summer I ended up. So all right, I'll just start from the beginning. <laughs> so, uh, I, after college, I had an internship um, at Point Defiance Zoo in the Asia Forest Sanctuary area, which is where our buddy's working right now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we bonded. That, oh, by the way, I think he's working with Tapers now. That's how yeah. we bonded was over Tapers. Like, oh, I love they're tapers. amazing. They're yeah. pretty amazing. And you know, so that's where yeah, that's where I was working with the Tigers and the Tapers. And uh, at the time, our our Taper passed away. I think he actually came from Willow Park, uh, Jambi. Mm, that one doesn't. I, I think I had Rendang and no, oh. Rendang was the kid. It was Keelang and Ray. Ray. Keelang, Ray wow. Yeah. Keelang think, and Ray. Something. Ray. I think. Uh, I think Jambi was like a relative of one of those guys over there. I can't yeah. remember who he, who he was to them. But anyways, so I was doing that, and on top of that, I was working. So that was full time, forty hours a week. But they they worked four tens, mm, and so the other. Two or three days, I was an exhibit attendant at at uh, Woodland Park with the drafts. That's pretty much the only area that I really worked in with back then. And so I was working six to seven days a week. That's and, brutal. Uh, That's so brutal. that was that was actually the year my birthday is in June, and that was the year I ended up uh, crashing uh, my car. Um, I fell asleep at the wheel uh, almost when I, I was close to home, and it was late. I remember being late. It was on my birthday. You know, this is like a time I didn't like drink or anything like that. I was just yeah, just exhausted. I was exhausted, and I was just I just remember coming home, uh, and like I remember getting close to the house, and that was when the lights just went out, and I just crashed and hit Man. hit my neighbor's truck, and I, I just remember being dazed, and then like they were like, "You are right, Jordan? Are you okay?" And they called the police just just to just to make sure like I was all right. Yeah, and uh, they you know the police like they didn't even suspect me of, of like me being drunk or anything like that, obviously because I really was just confused and just date. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I was like, what happened? Now, I was so, cause like, I just woke up to the car, not moving. Like I, like I heard like a small little pop, but it was like a, like a crash. <laughs> like it was a big crash. And I just, that's scary, insane. Scary I mean, they crash. say driving, driving, you know, sleepy is, is even worse than driving drunk in a lot of cases. So right. I, I mean, when you're working six or seven days, I, I did that for about six months of my career working seven days a week. And mm -hmm. oh my, it was like, it, it's, I, I understand it. I completely understand that. How, how long did you have to do that for? So for that point in time, I was, I did that for probably like six months. And yeah. then uh, it's, it's like it's, later on, like two years, probably two years after I was working like, yeah, seven days again. Um, Probably for a year and or two, which I when I finally quit, I finally said, you know what, I'm done with my the job that I was at was at a was at a uh, primate place. Um, I don't really talk about that, but it was, <laughs> that's uh, fair. <laughs> yeah, so 
That was cool. Anyways, so <laughs> yeah. So okay, so that. so you, so you did those those things, the, the internship over there, and the exhibit tenant and the volunteering. Uh, so what what point did you get on as a as a as a temp then? Which is for you guys that don't know, temp there basically is is you get you get you can have full time hours as long as there are hours available to you, whether an employee is out on injury or sick leave or vacation yeah. or whatever it is, but you have a limited number of hours that you can work. I think right. it's in a calendar year or something like that, right? It's so basically, you're full time. Basically, you're full time as long as there's full time available. Right. It's a, in a calendar year. You get fifteen hundred hours, and at the end of that year, or at the end of that fifteen hundred hours, uh, if you burn through that before the end of the year, you have to wait uh, until your your hours reset, which is when you got hired. The, your hire oh, date. Hire date. Okay. Hire date. So that was uh, interesting, um, <laughs> but it didn't happen to me last year. It came really close, and that's like they kind of like definitely uh skim you know try to like stretch me through at the yeah. end because i didn't realize how quickly i went through my hours um but it's good and bad because obviously you want to be working full-time and get that yeah, uh, and that was, paycheck to be honest let's be, let's be, let's be real uh but you know then that's scary that's got to be scary as hell because like now what am i gonna do well right now i'm kind of working like four days a week um and i'm working to I'm at a different job right now but uh, i think i might be leaving there soon once i yeah. figure out the video stuff sure. um but I got the temp job because I worked at Northwest Trek for two years. And before that, I worked as an uh, animal technician at the primate place for two years. And then all my combined volunteering and internship, all that stuff, you know. And then um, it's a funny story about how I got the job, actually, is because I didn't, I had been applying and applying and applying to Wilma Park because that's where I wanted to be. Like, I didn't, I didn't want to leave the state. That's, yeah. I was pretty lucky I didn't have to leave, but. I didn't want to leave the state. I didn't. I had. I had my my wife now, and well, she's well now. At the time, she was my girlfriend, but I didn't. I said I didn't want to leave her and my family, and and uh, I actually had all just about given up on zookeeping because I left the other place because I felt as though there were times not the people that I worked with, but at the times just that people up there in that area I didn't really fit in. Sure. Once again, because of me being, you know. Who I am and what I, and what I look like. Yeah. There was they had some sketchy characters walking around that that park sometimes, you know. And they just, I just didn't. I just felt weird, you know. I didn't, and then I, that was the other thing. I just felt as though since I was also a seasonal over there, you know, they didn't get treated as top notch as we probably should have been. Sure. You know, they were fine. I, I really enjoyed the people I worked with, my management, but just sometimes I just felt like I didn't belong. I didn't fit in. But then after that, um, so I was not working with animals for like half a year. And I was working at a shoe store and that was miserable. And I didn't plan on, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, but I've had this, that shoe store job for years and I finally went back to it full time. I was just hating it. And, uh, but then my wife, um, she is a graphic designer and she um, is on Indeed.com and she follows Willow Park Zoo waiting for any jobs to open up because she she would want to work at the zoo as a, design, as a designer. Um, but she saw the zookeeper job opened up and I said, well, I don't think I, I don't think I want to. They, I mean, I applied so many other times and I've had the same experience pretty much and they I get denied. And she's like, Jordan, you should just, just apply anyway. I'm like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> so I finally, <laughs> finally applied, and I they I got brought into the interview, and uh, I just remember them saying, 
Jordan, it was so amazing to see your name on the on the on the list of people. I I didn't know you uh, had a, had been applying. I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and I guess I guess because the way that it's set up over there, HR pushes through the yep. applications, and uh, they didn't. They must not have seen my all my bullet points of being of growing up in this zoo, doing right. every step they told me to do you know, to get a job there. So whatever, I mean, it is what it is. I'm here now. And that happens a lot in, in zoos with, with your HR departments. If like, if you don't hit certain benchmarks, like whatever it is, two years paid experience, whatever it is, right. throw that thing away. And, yeah. and it's unfortunate. That's happened to a lot of people I know. Mm -hmm. I, I just wish I would have just would have emailed one of them and said, Hey, I did apply by the way. Cause I think that's what she told me to do actually. Um, <laughs> that That's a good point is to kind of, especially if you know, know the people or, or, you know, maybe you don't know them or maybe they're acquaintance or whatever, but if you say like, Hey, you know, I'm interested in this position and my application is in there just in case you can, you know, keep an eye out. And then a lot of times they can go back to HR and say, Hey, is this person in there? You know, I think what happened with me was when I, when like right after I graduated, when I first started applying to, to them, I was told, um, I think uh, they. I think uh, I kind of got kind of got blown off actually by one of my managers at the time. I was just like, "Oh, okay. I guess I should just go away and leave you guys alone." And that's that's that was a that was my thought. Like that's why I didn't want to bug them anymore because I just felt as though I was kind of like, eh, I'll just leave them." That's be. that that is that is a, that's a real thing. Is like you have to ride that line between feeling like you're nagging and and bugging people mm -hmm. and. Like, but also still making sure they know, hey, here I am, you know, and right. what I've what I've found and I don't I, I can't say that this is true everywhere. But in my experience, it gets way better to be the net, the one who's doing the nagging. This is that squeaky wheel. You know what I mean? Because the worst they can do is keep saying no. Maybe they're yeah. annoyed with you or whatever. But if they're annoyed with you and they don't want you anyway, who who cares? Right. So I definitely uh, have uh, learned now to be uh, to be able to, to deal with rejection. I've gotten way better. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a better nagger now, too. So yeah. I, like, I like nagging people. So. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all right, man. I have two more questions for, well, really just one more question and okay. a comment. Um, but before we get to that, is there anything else about your story you think you should get out there that we haven't talked about that people might be interested in or, or maybe just something you want to put out there? Um, not really. To. You don't have to. Okay, cool. That's, that's, that's great. So then we have to get to this then. Uh, the, every episode we ask the guests to, to tell us a funny or embarrassing story, either involving an animal or a guest. Most, so a lot of people have, you know, I got peed on or I got crapped on or whatever, but sometimes we have some real doozies. Uh, uh, one, one of my favorite one was from Ann, Ann Nutson, one of my, one of my friends here at San Diego is a bird keeper. When she was pregnant uh, and taking care of penguins, one jumped, I guess her little baby bump and the little Audi, the little Audi belly button was popping oh. out. A penguin jumped up and grabbed on <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, and everything so uh i don't know if you have anything like that but if you do i'd love for you to share some kind of uh, that has to deal deal with an animal uh it doesn't have to be it can be with a guest or something <clears throat> um well i have a lot of funny experiences <laughs> every day I'm, i uh well okay well the other day it was it's not that funny but i mean just the other day something that like just caught my eye because it made me, made me really think about the the it was i was by the giraffes and uh it was a bunch of people just standing there looking at him and discussing things and I'm just walking by and the guy the guy says to his girlfriend or whoever she was to him you ever just look at the giraffe you know they look just like seahorses and I was just like like I was so <laughs> perplexed I was just like wait a minute 
he might have a point here. I, I can see it. I, you know, because I, you know, I mean, you would never think, this is not really a funny story, it's just a small comment. No, no, yeah. But you would never, I never would have thought to think those two animals combined. I think it was, so point being, what I'm trying to say is, I literally took the next 20 minutes after walking past this guy, and I was literally in thought, like I, I like in just deep thought, just I walked into the draft bar and I just sat down, just like thinking to myself, now why would he think that? What are the comparisons? Okay, do, do, do seahorses have long necks? They're not tall. You know, all this stuff just going on <laughs> in my head. I'm like, maybe it's the face. The face is kind of shaped that I, way. I, they stretch out the neck is you know the neck and the body is kind of the same for those guys, but yeah. It, it, you know, it, it, I, I can see it. I can see yeah. it. Like the, a little bit of the, a little bit of their demeanor too. I mean, I've never worked with seahorses. I don't know how they really are, but just from a, someone who's gone to aquariums like all my life, mm-hmm. it, they, they seem a little bit aloof, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like a giraffe. They're just like, just going with the flow, a little bit aloof. Um, so I, I can totally see that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use that. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> a good one. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was thinking I might have a funny story oh um so we have so i was up doing a draft uh draft experience like the draft talk and so we have people come up on the platform you you're familiar with it people come up on the platform feed the draft potentially uh but things have changed with that because the drafts don't always eat so we had to call it an experience instead of a feeding so things are different but um so we have um four drafts we have male uh a baby Lulu and uh, two older females, and um, Tufani still there. Tufani and Tufani and Lulu, yes, the girls. And uh, so we had uh, somebody come up there and ask about Lulu and who was her mom. Told her Tufani, and then and then uh, we said Olivia is her aunt, and then I said Olivia potentially might be pregnant, potentially. So I'm not spoiling anything. <laughs> potentially, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> and so she goes, oh, so they're sister cousins. I was like, what? <laughs> I Like, so I was up there and the whole group of, of, of people, I just like, just all start dying because I was just like so confused. I could, I was not understanding what she was saying. And like, for the life of me, it kind of sounds bad, but I, for the life of me, it was, I, I was so ready for her comment just to be stupid. <laughs> that sounds terrible. No, but, it, it, no, you know, I, I I totally understand what you're but, saying. But then it, it just came off as me being dumb because I was so confused what she was saying. She was saying they're sister cousins. And I was like, what? How? <laughs> and then, But then she was talking about the baby, Lulu, and the future kid. Because technically they're sisters because dad Dave is the dad. Right. And then they're cousins because... Because of aunt. aunt yeah, because of the yeah. aunt thing. And for... Yeah. I, for the life of me, could not. I, I because, was just, mine was blown. Because it's not actually, Olivia and Tufani aren't actually sisters, but, you know, anthropomorphically, we're going to say her, she's the aunt because she's the other female in the, and they're like kind of sisters, right? Well, no, they actually are sisters. Oh, they are sisters. <laughs> well, then they are sister cousins. Jordan, come no, on. I was, so, I was so confused. I was so confused because I, I was thinking, in my head, I was thinking that she was talking about the new baby with Tufani. Like, I just, I don't know. I also, I think because since I didn't grow up with first cousins, I don't have any first cousins. Well, on my mom's side, you know, I, my dad's side, they, they're all in California. And I don't really talk with them as much. Um, but, you know, my aunt doesn't have any kids. So that just thought 
never <laughs> processed in my head. So that was an embarrassing moment for me. But she was completely right. And once I acknowledged that she was right, the whole just the whole crowd just starts laughing at <laughs> me. I'm like, okay, I'm done, guys. Have a fun day. Go ahead sometimes, and leave now. It's very rare, but sometimes guests do get you. It's it's <laughs> right, rare occurrence, but it's true. They do sometimes. <laughs> like i I get questions occasionally, like. Oh yeah, I didn't know that. You're probably right. I better go look that up and make sure I know that for next time. I will. T- I do. If I miss an animal fact, I will tell them. They all go look it up because. Oh yeah, me too. I, I will research it because you know, like the whole like the thing, the whole seahorse thing. I had to think about that. I was like, huh, he might have a. Yeah, and you can't. I mean, you can. I know keepers that do. You can't lie to zoo guests. I mean, they can pull out that hand computer in their pocket and be like, "That guy was wrong." Right now, you know. So yeah, no, seriously, trans- you, you gotta be careful. Yeah, transparency is totally important these days. So uh, if you don't know something, just just say you don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna bring down the tone real quick. I'm sorry, real no, quick. No, I'm gonna no. bring down the tone. But there was one. It does happen sometimes where, if you know, back to the whole skin color thing. Like when I'm walking around and people ask me a question, they will triple question me. They will like, oh, is he right? I don't believe him. And then like whoever Pull out a phone me, right in front of you. Yeah. And then I look it up. Oh, you're. Oh, you were right. I'm like, yeah, I work with hippos. I'm a professional. Whatever. So that was a random thought. Sorry. That's funny. No, no, not at all. Um, And then, then the last thing I do, real quick, before we get out of here, Jordan, um, I I just kind of like to give the. We kind of already did it, I guess, but just to official officially make it. So uh, I kind of like to give the guests the floor here at the end and just let them kind of, if they have anything, you know, they're working on that they want to talk about or something in the industry that's bugging them they want to talk about. Anything you really want, I kind of want to put out there and um, onto the to the internet. uh, uh, Any last minute thoughts here before we wrap up? Yes, I would like everyone. I'm going to give, give myself a shameless plug here. Please Everyone, please go check out my YouTube channel, Jungle Jordan. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, JungleJordan23. Um, I do a lot of fun things called Minute Monday videos. Uh, every every Monday, uh, I put a one-minute video on Instagram and on YouTube just because, you know, you want quick facts. I understand you don't have 10 minutes to sit there and watch videos all the time. So quick animal fun fact for you. And, uh, you know, I, I know... Uh, it's, it's, it's a really tough thing to probably keep myself, you know, to, to hold myself to every every Monday have a have a video for you guys. I have to edit and film and it's hard, but I'm doing it. I'm trying, you know, <laughs> I want to do it for you guys and I'm having a lot of fun with it. And I uh, do giveaways, too. Nice. Yeah, please check that out. And I will I will totally agree with you on how difficult it is when I first started the show. My my my. Uh, my goal was to have one every single week. And I did that for like the first four weeks. Oof. It came every two weeks and then it became a month. A month. And, 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 and honestly, I, I had like a three or six, some like three to six month gap between a couple of different episodes, just because it was scheduling issues. Couldn't find a guest that wanted to talk. Maybe their zoo wouldn't allow them to talk, that kind of thing. And then I made a promise that when 2018 started, I was going to do one at least one a month every every month for the 2018. And I already failed. May, April was my last one. I failed for May. I failed for June. I actually uh, had guests lined uh, up. It just didn't work out schedule-wise. Oh, okay. like, oh, so, no, no, man. I'm so happy that I found you because I was like, I got to get another episode out there. Oh, yeah. Carolyn is, is blowing me off. Nora's blowing me off. You know, Are I mean, really? somebody from that too. I'm sure Carolyn would. I'm sure she would want to do it. I love Carolyn. I'm sure love, she would do it. I love those guys. Um, but man, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I think we had a really good conversation here i hope you enjoyed it um please check out everything that jordan's doing at jungle jordan 23 on twitter on instagram and check out his youtube video 
Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope to have another episode next month. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I, I feel like at this point, it's kind of uh, unfair to force it. So if I get a guest, I do. But I really appreciate you guys listening. And I hope uh, it's a valuable uh, way to spend your time listening for, for half an hour to an hour of the show. So thank you so much again. And uh, we'll be back sometime, somewhere. I don't know, somewhere. <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. <laughs> thank you. See you buddy. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Zookeeper Stories podcast. I hope you learned something about zookeeping and had a few laughs along the way. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and Stitcher. It really helps me to grow the show and continue to improve. If you have any questions or comments about the podcast, you can send an email to zookeeperstories at gmail.com or tweet me at zookeeperstory. 